0: I have to get started on my word count for the day because I was like so excited. I was like, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen until I talk to you guys. <laughs>
1: wonderful, the smart, the talented, the brilliant Amy Quiverlanen for part two of our interview. So Amy, how's uh Cry of the Firebird going? I have
0: literally been yeah, I've literally just been editing that motherfucker. <laughs>
2: um okay, well let's talk about that because I'm super excited. So what was like how did you get started writing? What was one of the first ones? What was like the first book you ever written? Because I know Cry the Firebird is coming out on October 14th. Woo! Yep. And that's a re-release. So take us, take us back to the beginning. Baby Amy. Day Wait, one. That, that wasn't
1: the first
0: one you ever In read. the beginning. No, no. So I started I started really getting serious about writing when I was about 13. Um, and because I was reading a lot of epic fantasy. Um, obviously, Daddy Tolkien, <sighs> my guy. Um oh.
1: We were talking about um, your yearly reads. Um, I don't know if you listened to our Zaddy Tolkien episode, but that is my yearly read as I read uh, the trilogy as well as the Hobbit at least once a year.
0: Yeah. Same. 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 (laughs) So I, I've just bought it all on Kindle. Um, because I'm like, I have to treat myself. Um, so like I started writing epic fantasy. Um, I did release them as indie. Um, but I took them down, but I, I wrote like an epic fantasy series um called Eastern Gods and Western Wars. Um so I finished that when I was about 1920. Um, and then I really I really got into urban fantasy. So I started reading, um, it was the first time I found PNR, like paranormal romance as a genre as well. Yeah. So I started reading like Christine Fian, which I was really excited about because I had been reading Anne Rice ever since I was like 12. And <laughs> like, I needed, I needed some, oh, I needed some smushy, yeah. smushy vampires. Cause like true blood had just come out. Um, and like, obviously twilight had just come out and I was reading a lot of urban fantasy stuff, but I wasn't finding what I really wanted in it, which was I wanted more myth. I wanted more magic. I wanted other creatures besides werewolves and vampires, even though I love them, but right. like, I wanted, I wanted different things. Mm-hmm. And because I've always been such a mythology nut, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to write something for me. Love it. So I wrote, I started writing Firebird about 2009. Um, and then I got serious about, trying to publish it at about 2012. So I had written Ashes, which is the second book, Ashes of the Firebird. And I was like, I should do something with this. So I started shopping around to traditional publishers and a few agents. I got a few nibbles. One of them was like, YA is really taking off. You should should rewrite this for YA and then we'd be interested. And I was like, "Mm, no, thank you. Um, Which was hard for me to do because... I mean, when you have a, a publishing deal or a potential publishing deal right. um, in front of you, but I was like, you know what?
1: What do you say now? Yeah.
0: And I yeah, I said no because I just it was such an adult story anyway. Mm-hmm. Um and I like Anya main character, she's like twenty-seven. Um, so she's older, she's an older character, she's like Here. got depression, she's got she's got she's got <laughs> some would some would say alcoholism, um, a relative term, but uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, so, you know, I was like, this is an adult book. I don't want to write it for a, a YA audience, no matter how the genre is going. I don't care for teenagers. I don't care for children. <laughs> um, so like, I don't want to write for them. Yeah. Um, right. And I don't want to be known as a YA writer either. And I don't want to debut as a YA writer because like transitioning into adult fiction is kind of like a tricky sort of thing. So then like around this time, 2013, like I started to really look into like indie publishing, self-publishing, all of that was kind of really taking off. And one of the things that kept on coming up was that, like indie writers were starting out indie, they were releasing stuff, they were finding some success. I mean, E.L. James, she was someone who did this. She, Q Howie was someone who did this. Like they started out indie, they had success as an indie and then they became more attractive to a publisher because they already had a readership, they already had a fan base, they like already had a brand, all of those things. So I was like, you know what, I could do this. And like, I got a really professional cover. I I used editors, like proper editors. Um, did the whole thing because I was like, I'm I'm gonna do this myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna get something out, and then once I kind of get established, then maybe I'll write something for trad. So I did I did that for a few years. I wrote a spin-off series for the original Firebird series. Um, it's called Blood Lake Chronicles. Um, it goes into like fae Arthurian myth stuff and it's spinning off one of the characters that you meet in the third Fiber book. Spoilers. I've only actually um,
2: read the first one because I have yeah. my hands on an arc. So I've read Firebird as my Yeah, so, ah. so I
0: like, so like I, I had released all those um there is a character in the second book that ashes that you will meet who's like a demon hunter who uh, needed a spin-off he needed a spin-off book so that's technically okay. book 4 of Firebird and then there's a fifth book that's Aramis's book if you've read the arc um, Aramis is a character in the first Firebird so it's it's his book so there's a there's a quite a big Firebird universe Out there, Um, so love that. So I had I had written all this stuff, and then I started writing magicians. Mm. And I was when I was writing magicians, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this for a trad audience. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try and pick up a trad audience
1: because I'm
2: hooked.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So like, I I mean, I could have released it. I could have released it indie. I could have done all those things. But I was like, you know what? I'd really like to try trad. and so I, I shifted my focus a little bit um, because the trad audience and the trad market is different to the indie market. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did all those things and I got a publisher in 2018 um, for that BHC Press. Um, so they were really excited um, I was really excited, obviously, because I was like, yay, I've got a publishing deal. Um, and <laughs> as, as, as you do, and I love the idea of being a hybrid author. I mean, it's it's kind yeah. of the way to go at the moment. Like Jennifer Armantrout's like massive, but K-L-A, she's a hybrid. Yeah. yeah, she's she's a hybrid. And it is actually like a publishing model now for writers. Yeah. Um, depending what you're writing, especially and all of those. And depending what you want is a massive thing too. Yeah, um, yeah like how you measure success but like um so yeah so my publishers um were interested in taking over my fiber universe so love that yeah so then that happened and then (laughs) I had to take all my indie books um off the market because I signed a contract with them so they're actually going to be released um two books a year for the next couple of years because you've got You've got Ashes coming out in the second book coming out in June next year. Okay. Um, that's been locked in. Um, and I'm pretty sure the third book will be out by the end of next year as well. Okay. And then, so I, I think the plan at the moment is to do two a year,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, which makes my editing schedule crazy, but that's okay. <laughs> um, the books are written. I can assure everyone the books are written. They're
2: not going to pull um, a so on so- us.
1: So Amy, I know Molly's read an arc for Firebird, but I have not, um, which also my DMs are always open. Uh, But (laughs) in your words, I would love to hear a synopsis of Firebird um, and our audience would as well, just kind of summing up what we can expect from this first book releasing in a few weeks. Okay.
0: So um, Firebird is about Anya. She's my main character and she's a woman whose grandfather has just died. Um, and she was raised by him, so she's having a really tough time of it. Uh she lives remotely on a farm kind of in between uh Finland and Russia.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and then Russia. she's she's trying to run this farm by herself and she's having a terrible time. And then Twenty, the Finnish god of the comes up.
2: Yeah. So, so the Finnish god of death shows up. Yeah, the Finnish God of the me. Dead I turns to, up. We did not go past that. I just wanted to like give that the attention that it's due.
0: And this, is, oh. this, happens in, this happens in chapter oh. one. So That's the so Finnish God of the Dead turns up and tells her that her <laughs> family has always protected this gateway to Skarsky, which is the Russian fairy. Um, if you're not familiar with Russian fairy tale.
1: I'm not um, Tell me more.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um the Russian land of Um, myth and legend and story. So this other world. So she's she's told that like her family have always protected this gateway that's on her farm and that she has to step up and she has no idea like what's going on. Um, But Tawny's like, you've got no choice. You've had your memories taken away. And he he like starts he he without spoilers he does (laughs) he does something to her so that she starts to get her memories back. Um, and she, so she's like very much, it's very much a heroine's journey. She has hidden magic. Um, and then she has, she has a firebird hatch on her farm, which kind of pushes everything, pushes the story happening.
1: Um, Like actual firebirds?
0: Yeah, like actual firebird.
2: Full on Phoenix, no? Am I right? Yeah, 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 full
0: on Phoenix. Um, and he is actually sharing his body with, uh, Ivan Saravich, who is a mythological, philo- um, a mythological character from Russian fairy tale.
2: Exactly.
0: Um, so it's, it all starts to happen and she's basically like thrown into this world where she has to learn about her magic and the secret history of her family. And as I said, it's very much a heroine's journey and she collects mentors and misfits along the way that kind of help her on her journey.
1: Hopefully some morally um, gray characters are front in
0: there. They're, they're all morally gray. They're all morally gray. I'm putting, I'm putting this out there right now. They're all, they're all very much anti-heroes. Um, all of the secondary characters are anti-heroes. Anya herself is an anti-hero. She does not want to be a chosen one at all. Who does? Um, and, uh, like, she kind of just wants to hang out on her farm and drink and be left alone. And the thing is, is that... <laughs> (laughs) Like the world, the world isn't gonna wait for her. So um, she they are all really reluctant heroes. Even Ivan, who is a mythological hero, um doesn't really want to be a hero. He doesn't want to have to babysit this newly, newly magicked up shamanitza. He doesn't want to have to do any of that because he has he has his own issues, right? He's got a brother who is a blood magic user, a dark magic user who is chasing him and wants the Firebird's power. So, like, he's got his own problems going on. Um, but it is it is a massive journey um, and it is a really fun journey. And even though all the characters are, you know, antiheroes heroes they're all fun like because yeah. I can't help myself
1: right I had fun. I, our, our I listeners can't hear but my hair had to go up through this process of you telling me about this because like I'm getting spicy again um, <laughs> oh, well, it, is, it, okay. is, it is
0: very much it is very much um like with with magicians because people will be more familiar with magicians by now um magicians is really like I really wanted it to feel real. I wanted the magic to feel real. I wanted you to be able to like go to Venice and walk down the street where the magicians live. Like, I, like all the ancient history is as real as possible. Like all of that was real. So with the Firebird series, I wanted to make the real world as magical as possible and have this magical demimond that kind of exists within the real world. But it's all magic all the time. It's all fairy tale creatures all the time. Um, like, there are so many fairy tale creatures in this in this series that, like, everyone's going to be, like, sitting on oh, Google, good. which I love.
2: So
1: um, good. So I don't know if you uh, listened to our Zaddy Tolkien episode, chapter one, but... W- Molly and I kind of talked about this and I feel like you are with what I am understanding of this firebird series, which I am ecstatic to read. Um, I'm going to have a hard time waiting until October 14th, but, um, setting al- uh, my alarm's already been set, but like resetting mm-hmm. the alarm, setting three alarms. Um, Order, like but that. we were talking about the difference between like, uh, Tolkien and Harry Potter wow. and the concept of like low fantasy and high fantasy. And so from what I'm understanding, um, from Firebird, as you are kind of combining those two in a way, so like it is Russian set, but also yeah. very high fantasy in the sense of there's another world. Yeah. So and
0: because I think I, because I think like I I came from writing epic fantasy, and because I was really excited about writing urban, yeah. I didn't know the urban tropes at the time. So a lot of Firebird is set up like an epic fantasy within the
2: real world. Okay, I'm so, here for it. I'm ready. Yeah.
0: So, so like, it is it is very much they go to, like, Skarsky, the Russian otherworld. Um, they go to the Finnish otherworld in book three. Um, so it is kind of portal fantasy as well, a little bit that ties in. Um, but it is set up like a heroine's journey, um, if you guys know heroine's journey. Um, it's like hero's journey but cooler because it's chicks. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> it's it's under gail Carragher has a great book if anybody's interested in the heroine's journey um it's not taught as much as it should be um it is very different from the hero's journey um and it's it's basically the format that's used for like romance and buddy cop shows and everything like that. So it's very much like a networking thing. Like the heroine creates a network around her of people that will help her in her mission. Um, it's very found family, which I'm massive on. Um, so like Anya goes on this massive journey in it. And a lot of people are like, oh you know, Anya she's she can be a bit negative. I'm like yeah she's depressed. So, <laughs> like <laughs> Like I don't, I hate I hate books that are like, oh, you know, as soon as they get magic or as soon as they find the magical so penis, like, they 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 they're all of a sudden cured of their depression and uh, their anxiety and their self doubt and they step up and they be a hero. That is not this kind of book.
1: No, like no. I, It's very I want, in the sense of human nature of you know, just because you found yeah, and like who, mean the,
0: who the fuck actually want to be a all. chosen one. Like yeah. when you think about it, who would actually want to be a chosen one? And like I really wanted her to kind of struggle with that. And like, yes, she does step up and, yes, she does do the job and they all step up and do the job, but they all don't want to have to do it, but they know that nobody else can. Yeah. And I think that's what makes them heroes. Yeah. It's not it's not having all of these noble attributes that you see in fantasy. Um, it's not like Anya isn't a massive kick-ass person. Like I have kick-ass characters and everything like that, but she's, she's basically been raised on a farm. She doesn't know what's happening. She's gets thrown into this situation and she's just trying to do her best. Yeah. And basically, like we yeah. So it takes her really, Relatable. I think until the third series, uh, third book in the series to really like step up and be, be the hero, hero. Okay. Um, but she still struggles all the way through and she still, and like they all have their own struggles going on. Um, And that was really kind of important to me because I hate perfect characters, especially women. Like one of the things when I was shopping, shopping Firebird around the trad publishers were like, "Mm, she's very unlikable. She's very unlikable for a woman. And I love unlikable women because they're real women.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Literally, like, I hate I mean. like I hate these magicians. Things. That's what I loved. That's one of the things I loved about magicians was she was not a fucking tomb raider. Like, no, right. and like, I think everybody kind of all time. She was yeah, like, I'm a demon. Like, I'm just chilling.
0: Yeah, and like, <laughs> like I don't know I, what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think people um, who go into it thinking that Penelope is going to become. Lara Croft, they get kind of a little bit confused because Penelope's an academic. She approaches everything as an academic. She approaches magic as an academic. She approaches the situation as an academic. She's not sitting there going, like, how can I learn how to become like some kind of badass fighter? Right. And she doesn't have to be because like oh. all the magicians are badass fighters. Yeah, right. So so She's like she can be the brains. I almost you know. spoiled
2: I almost spoiled the end of
1: book one. You better hush up right now. I am not done with it yet. I'll probably finish it tonight if we're being I know, honest. but I just I almost opened my fucking mouth. I didn't though. I didn't It's okay. I mean it's fine. We all love spoilers here. As we mentioned on the one episode, if you don't like spoilers, maybe listen to something else. <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
0: I mean it's not a spoiler it's not a spoiler to say it's fine i really don't mind i'm just like it's not a spoiler to say that penelope is an academic like she's gonna gonna approach every situation as an academic we
1: put show notes too we're like hey uh just fyi you can't expect possible spoilers for these books so like don't don't even worry about it um castile what (sighs) um so you just to reiterate you started firebird when you you or you said you started or finished when you were 19 twenty.
0: Um, I started, I finished my epic fantasy series when I was
1: 19. Okay, Um, and then started Firebird right after that.
0: Yeah, so I started Firebird when I was about, well, it was about 2008, 2009, so I probably was about 21,
1: 22. Um, So where did you draw, (laughs) literally, I like... Didn't even know how to spell my own name at twenty one, twenty two, much less write an epic. Seven. Uh, well, like, I, was,
0: I was, a massive, I was a massive nerd, and oh, no. um, I, I can, I can have, I can happily say that, like I was always a big Tolkien nerd, and then they brought Lord of the Rings out, and it just made everything so much worse. Yeah, yeah no, um,
2: I didn't. I'm not uh, saying I wasn't a nerd. I was, I, I was a bit member. too old.
0: I was a bit too old for Harry Potter. I enjoyed Harry Potter, but I didn't really.
2: Never too old. Go, go yeah, too old.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't go. Super crazy fan, like I did on Lord of the Rings. Like I fucking love oh,
1: Lord, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Thank you. You're on my side. You are on my side here. I I have five Lord of the Rings tattoos, um, and that was part of the I got thing. Lord got of that, the like, Rings tattoos too. It's fine. Here's my fog. Oh,
0: I love him. I'll see you. My first, again, like, my first one was I got head. the evening yeah.
1: star here when I was 18. I got the evening star here first, and then it grew from there. Uh,
0: yeah ah. i've got i've got uh elvish here and everyone's always like oh is that arabic i'm like no no it's not
1: <laughs> i always love so when i ever wear if i wear a tank top or if i'm like out with a backless top on or anything when mm. the people are like is that elvish down your spine i'm like five people you are my favorite. yeah
0: exactly we i've, got, I've got a lot of um neil gaiman tattoos so on my back and i've got um a massive. I don't know if you've seen the Jonathan Strange Mister Norrell yeah. Raven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got yeah, I've yeah. got a big Raven on my back as well. Cool. Um, I've got I've got wolves everywhere. So I've got I've got a wolf here. I've got um, I've got Fenrir inside Yggdrasil here. Fuck yeah! Dude. Um,
2: like cool. that. That's so, so cool. I'm, I'm, cool. Keeping, I'm, I'm keeping that. I'm keeping like, like
0: four arms um space free because I want to get a magician's tattoo, but my sister in law is actually drawing it at the moment so
1: yeah i'm like i'm not even done with the first book
2: and i'm ready to get a magician's tattoo i too was ready to get a magician's tattoo because also so in,
0: it's, not, it, it's, it's not it. it's not a spoiler it's not a spoiler to say that like you find out that the actual symbol for um the citadel of magicians in atlantis was like a poseidon's trident with like an open book yeah so that's what i want to that's what i want
1: that's cool okay. yeah um, All right, so if Molly and I pop up with the same tattoo, yeah. do say we f- didn't BFFs, right? BFFs forever? But is
2: your friendship or like or or good? Like take, maybe this would take a bad turn or like no, I think you're like, or like a good. Like what's Because I think
0: even if you take a bad turn, you're still going to love Alexis more than me, so I think you're pretty safe.
2: No, I love you more than I love Alexis.
0: Nobody loves me more than they love. I don't even love me more than I love Alexis. <laughs>
2: Come on. So
1: tying this into um, Firebird, can we expect an equivalent Book Daddy to come out of the series? Can I expect? I know Molly's already read an arc, but like, can I expect multiple, a Book Daddy to come multiple, out? Multiple. It's, gonna,
0: it's gonna be like it's gonna be very much like Magicians. My oh. favorite character. I think this is one of your questions. My absolute favorite character. I've got a few in the firebird series that I can't talk about until later because they're spoilers. Oh, the second the <laughs> um but but I love Ivan as a character. Um in my head. He he has a really cool arc. Um he has he has a really cool arc with Anya. He's Anya's best mate. Um and they don't start out as friends. They become friends. Um but he has such a cool arc because, like, he's sharing his body with the Firebird, so he's basically two people. Um, and
1: uh, so, I love how she's casually putting it out there, and I'm just like, "What?" It's like, <laughs> what? and then what? I have, I have, then
0: I have. You meet another character in the end, well, towards the end, um, and that's Aramis. So, Aramis is a character that sticks around too. Um, and he gets his own spinoff book with his brother, Soren, who you meet in ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, he th- is just the most fun character.
2: And uh, so there's, a, two, there's, a,
0: there's it, a lot of book daddies around. I,
2: a, it's a, it's a good, like I said, I've read, I got a my, beautiful place to be. I love it here. I got my greedy little hands on firebird like maybe a month ago and I pre-ordered like a copy of it after reading it because I was like yeah I'm gonna need to gonna need this one nearby at all times
0: yeah so I've I've just finished the edits on ashes so that went back
1: so there's this uh meme that Mers Malls and I shared um that was basically I can't remember exactly what it said but it basically was like Uh, we have like multiple group messages on every platform you can think of and we share things on all of them constantly. So Molly, what are we talking about? Because we've talked about so many, way too many things. But um, Um. it was basically like, When you see the eyebrow arch from your man in the the book, then he like ruins your whole life and sucks your soul out. So I know Alexis already has an eyebrow arch. I remember Dom's eyebrow arch in in the book specifically. It's essentially a trope at this point. Like the eyebrow arch is a a trope. Do any of our book daddies in Firebird give me the eyebrow arch?
0: Undoubtedly. I can't remember off the top of my head. (laughs) Yeah. But like... Ivan <laughs> evan is very disapproving of a lot of things in the beginning <laughs> and, and he's, he he is i can't do the it tall, really. he is the tall dark yes. handsome stranger that hatches on her farm Poor girl.
1: i'm clearly not the book daddy i can't do the eyebrow
0: arch i can do an eyebrow arch but you can't I see can it I on can do my on can my do friend
1: malls can do it i there
2: we go there you go <laughs> you just can't ever see it because I keep my bangs like a fringe
1: yeah same here Y'all, you the the bra, the bangs are good for you guys though like it works I get bangs and I look like I have a ball cut and I'm like a middle school boy so
0: <laughs> I um I've had, I've had bangs I've had bangs since I was like 19 20 and I would never go back because I have a really big I've got a really big moon face
2: I can't go it's not a good look for
0: yeah, no, it's not, good, it's not a good look for me either. Um, I've got my dad's frown lines, um, so uh, it's it's better to have a fridge there for everyone. But like, I've got a massive face, right? So like, it's it's really good to have that break up for
1: me. <laughs> well, yeah, it looks great. Both of you pull it off. Perfect. I, I
0: grew up. I grew up on Goldie Horn movies, so I blame Goldie Bird on the Wire 100
1: percent for my fringe. Goldie. <laughs> for my
0: fringe and my leather jacket obsession
1: oh (laughs) yes oh my gosh I'm in a fringe obsession and like I think everything I've purchased clothing wise for the past like six plus months has had fringe on it and I yeah because it's been too hot to wear anything like heavy I live in Florida um where it is like Hades dick down there and so it's been like it's really too hot it's not in the fun way. Definitely not in the fun yeah. way. Great Malls. But uh, I'm, w- I'm ready now that the rest of the country um, and I go into Canada for work too. It's now cooling down so I can like take my fringe elsewhere to wear because I've got several jackets and long sleeve shirts. I've got and all, all this things. cool
0: winter stuff. I've got a really like, I love Doc Martens. I love all of that, but I've been locked down for over. Yeah. Also, I think we're on to like 250 Australia's days. Australia has been past very strict,
1: year. right? Like, Australia yeah. has been very, very strict with their lockdown. Especially geez, my state.
0: My state has been really, really strict. My city has been really strict. So, I have had over, I think, 250 days of lockdown in the past year.
2: Jeez. I'm an essential employee, so I've been traveling the whole time. Um, wow. I think the longest I went without leaving my house, even for like groceries. The Chicago where I am has been one of the stricter ones in the U.S. Yeah, U.S. Yeah. has treated this whole thing like a fucking mess. But yeah, we're like the Wild West There's no rules. But Chicago yeah. has been very, very strict. So, like, ironically, I've actually been in a spot that's been like pretty strict and like following like science. Wild, right? Um, so, I think the longest I went without even like going to the grocery store or legitimately leaving my house was over two weeks at the start of lockdown. Yeah.
0: We can <sighs> we we're strict we're strict in that like we. We can exercise outside of the house for two hours a day. We can go to the grocery store. We can do like essential shops and stuff like that. Like, that's not an issue. (laughs) But, um,
2: (laughs) okay. I think we've actually like answered all of our questions, which is great. Really? there's only
1: one, I think number nine um was the only one we didn't yeah. get to out of the whole thing. But what do you hope readers? I had actually an, I had a question to add on this too. So let me I let me reverse it a bit. Okay. So okay. my first question, you wrote this when you were around twenty to twenty one, as you had said. So now when you're re-editing it to relaunch it, how has that your view of the characters and how they, um, kind of evolve in the arcs and everything changed from the time you wrote it to now.
0: Okay. So. the original Without spoilers. First, I'm just kidding. Without, without spoilers. Okay. Okay. So it's been, it's been kind of, um, weirdly emotional because when I was writing the first two books, like I was a bit fucked up. So like I, I was writing because I was depressed and, like, suffering from anxiety. Weren't we all? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so, now? like, I uh, – writing those books were, like, my escape.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So going back and rewriting them. Um,
1: it kind of it brings was, back that. Yeah, book, it
0: like, kind of brought back stuff and it kind of – but, I mean, it's a really good um, opportunity, I guess, to – Without sounding lame, to heal the past a bit because yeah, like I I wanted to write these books so bad, and being able to go back and rewrite them like now as someone who's got more experience and could could create the book that I always wanted mm-hmm. um, where I tried to do the first time really hard um, and like when I wrote them I was living in a really small town I had no internet I only had the library and so like there's things that like I had, I feel like I have done better the second time around. Like I've always really liked writing diverse characters. I've always really liked writing lots of different myths. Um, and I just felt like I could do it better this time around because I knew a lot better. Um, like I've got native American characters, I've got Russian characters, I've got Finnish characters, I've got American characters. I've got like, I've got all these characters from all these different backgrounds. And I just felt like Going back and redoing it, I could do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, like, when you know better, you do better. Yeah. So right. I, so I felt like I rewriting them gave me the opportunity to write the book that I really wanted to write back then, and just didn't quite pull it off as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, the the characters have kind of always stayed with me. I think I wrote my Aramis book um only like two years ago so I so like the idea behind like releasing firebird India* indie and everything like that is because indie writers tend to create these big worlds and they do lots of spin-offs with all the characters so like the the original trilogy is like my onion trilogy it's my core trilogy but I have the blood lake chronicles which spins off um and they're more romance. They're fae. They're vampire origin. They're like all of these things. Um, so they're not as long. They're not as long as as the firebed books. They sold a lot better because they were more romantic. They, um,
2: these are also going to be coming out trad now because they yes, yes, absolutely for, for everyone to listen who just yep. that and went oh shit baby.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, these 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 are these are coming out. Trad. After. These are
1: in your indie releases that you are going to essentially
2: re-release.
0: Yeah, so these are with my publisher. My publisher has seven books of Firebird, the Firebird world. Wow. Um, so like I've got,
1: we got. I've got so we, we, we essentially can, can prepare for the next three, three and a half three, years. I think I think the,
0: the estimated schedule I saw. You're going to get two a year until like 2025. Right. So, um, and, and
2: just so everyone is like, this is the best of both worlds. Cause one, we're going to get two a year. I love that for me. Two, it's going to go through 2025. Great. World's not looking up. Um, and then three, they're already written. So we don't have to have any fears that we're all deeply rooted in our, what's our, our Wattpad days when one day our favorite fanfic just never came back online. But these are no. time.
0: No, these oh, are I hated these those
2: days. days. These oh, are—I wow.
0: know what you mean. Wow! So like I have—I have, I have yeah. some readers who are like have been wanting my Michael book. So Michael is a character. He's a demon hunter who you meet in the second book, and wow. he hangs around. Um, but he's his actual story arc ends on a massive cliff in the third book. And I had been trying to write a Michael book for about six years. Wow! Um, and because I just couldn't, I wrote it four times, four different ways and it's my it's my massive it's my apocalypse book it's angels and demons it's exorcists it's demon hunters it's
1: Anne Brown. Apoc- I it's apocrypha
0: it's apocrypha fiction so like i guess because i like love all these different myths and all this like different stories and stuff this is my very much judeo christian take on like demons angels nice. epic battles nice. the watchers book of enoch Okay. All of all of that. Anyway, so excited <laughs> for those. So of that's you it, that's know. very much. That's the fourth. That's the fourth book of the series. Um, it is full on. Um, so if like, but I kind of created it so that if you're not really into Michael as a character. You don't have to read his book in order to enjoy the Aramis and Soren book okay. that comes out afterwards. So the Aramis it's and It's a true
1: spinoff in the sense of spin-off. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So like the Aramis and Soren book is also a true spinoff. It happens like two years after the events of the third Firebird book. It's, uh, they're light elves. So they, it's all elvish kind of Nordic myth. It's dark elves, light elves. And so like if you're more into that kind of Norse, you can just jump to that one if you want to. No,
1: no. Um, so for there. our listeners here who or cannot jump see, no for our listeners here that cannot see Molly's hair chart, um, that is how we 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 uh, rank how unhinged Molly is is her, her hair chart. As Amy's going through explaining this to us, um, the hair chart went from standard. to then at like 10 out of 10 rays, like it went left, it went right, it went back, it went forward, it went all the ways. So to say that we are excited is an understatement.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like, I I mean, I know that, I know that a lot of people, um, you know, they're a bit like me and Molly, they have complicated feelings when it comes to the church and everything like that. But I just really want to, I really want to point out that like the Michael book is not, a christian book it it deals with it deals with christian apocrypha so it's dealing with like book of enoch and and like all those kinds of apocryphal texts and it's angels and demons like lucifer's a character like you know there's all this sort of stuff it's not like the lucifer series he's a prick in this one sorry fans (laughs) um <laughs> um but like you know, if people like really love, love stuff. <laughs> me too. <laughs> if people if people like stuff like Constantine and Preacher and uh, like the Hellraiser comics and all of yeah, that sort of stuff, yeah. like, they'll probably they'll probably get on board. Um I've I had like a bunch of beta readers read it because I was like, I don't want people to think this is a Christian book. It's it's not. Okay Um, so I had it's kind of like a bad joke. I had one Atheist. I had one agnostic. I had one hardcore Pentecostal walked into a bar. And, walked into I, a bar. All read, <laughs> all read, all read, all read this book, and they, they, they all liked it.
2: It was oh. different versions of me at different points in my life. Was the plot? Yeah. <laughs>
0: it was the heart so, yeah. of So, like, I, I think there's something in it that will like appeal to everyone. The exorcist in it is from Melbourne. Because I wanted to write Australia into the series.
1: Yeah, um,
0: yeah. So the exorcist is a is a female from Melbourne, and because you don't see female exorcists, no, um, And and she's she's a lot of fun. And the reason why I couldn't get the Michael book right was because I was writing it without a female character, and it just needed one. And then I was writing, I had an idea for an exorcist book, and I'm like, oh my god, it's the same fucking book. Like my <laughs> um, uni background was. Um, like early church early theology orthodoxy all of those things and I just feel like we're so far from where we actually need to be and were meant to be or should be and we're not and like a lot of the so-called Christian churches aren't teaching canonical no um, No. at all they're not not teaching a canonical Jesus they're not teaching like any of that sort of stuff and And, like, I really, with this, because I have all of that history, all of that background, I've got Dead Sea Scrolls in my uni, I have all of, like, apocryphal texts in my uni, all of those kinds of things, I really wanted to write a book that had a secular exorcist who had a strong belief but was willing to help anyone it doesn't it's not rooted in catholicism exorcisms it's not rooted in any of that stuff i really wanted to create this new kind of exorcist
1: character i love that Those are great too so
2: is it it, okay so back to the novel is it it, part of firebird this is one of the spinoffs from our demon hunter this is
1: one of this is one is it more creepy does it have more of a like creepy dark vibe in the novel would you say well all all the firebird all the
0: firebird is pretty dark um it is a pretty dark series it's a lot darker i think than magicians um they oh, love dark yeah so it is it is very dark as i said it's not like it, um the character that i have of lucifer is a dark lucifer he's not he's not a fun guy he is like apocryphal canonical <laughs> lucifer um and uh, like it, it is a lot darker it's got um I guess flashbacks I'll call them where like it has different like Bible story stuff in it. Um, so like there is retelling stuff in it as well. Um, but like, I really wanted to create, create something that was like, if you, if you aren't Christian or if you have been smashed by a particular type of Christianity, like Molly and
2: I, um,
0: this, is, this is a more, I guess it's, it's taking the things that I really like, the actual stories, the actual history behind it, the actual, like all of those things, and creating something that anybody, I hope anybody can enjoy. Yeah. Um, they're not going to feel like they're getting hit with, I guess theology or a particular type of belief system, or it's not like me trying to convert you. It's <laughs> it's none of that. It's purely just story. Right. So, so I think as I said, I tested it on a bunch of people, including my mum, because Sorry. I knew I knew I knew that if if I if I wrote like, you know, JC JC wrong, like I knew that mum would like smash me, but. But, like, I tested it on a lot of different people and everybody really enjoyed it. So I think my, my grandmother got told by, so my dad lives in, like, this country town because he works in forestry. And so he, he works in this country town and there was, like, um, there's all these old fins around there. And so they all still know my grandparents. And dad, I sent dad a copy of Cry the Firebird when I first released it. He never read it because he was like read the first chapter and was like I'm too scared to keep reading this. (laughs) That was fine, but like he, one of the guys, older Finnish guys who was actually a missionary um, in Africa for ages, really interesting guy. He picked up Cry the Firebird (laughs) and and read it, and then he got a hold of my grandmother in the Finnish old people's home (laughs) in Brisbane, and like mum got all these. Urgent phone calls from my grandmother and like my dad because they're like they think that I'm into like dark magic because (laughs) and and she was really like I'm really I'm really worried that like Amy's turned away from Jesus and like she was really stressed out so like I was one step off getting a fucking exorcism and I said to dad just put hide the books like for fuck's sake.
2: That, ladies and gentlemen, is the only advertisement for Firebird that you need. Yeah, it was enough that Amy's grandmother wanted to.
0: Amy's grandmother an
2: exorcism, Exorcism, ladies and gents, and that's the only only.
0: That's so. so Well, as I said, it does start with blood magic in the forest. So, like
2: all the best things do. You know? Yeah. Literally. All of them.
0: I mean, if you're not into it, if you're not into the Angels and Demons thing, like, fine, skip it. Go do Aramis and Sauron. Go do Blood Lake.
1: But I like that it, it's a true spinoff in the sense of, um... Yeah. So, like, uh, I'm gonna refer... I'm gonna compare this to, like, Throne of Glass. So, like, they had spinoff novels, but you had to read those side novels to really understand the full picture of the continuing series. Yeah. But I like that oh, this is a like true that. spinoff in the sense of, like, freaking tower of god god, yeah. tower of god you can
0: you can take it you can take it or leave it yeah um, I
1: like that I like that a lot
0: so so like if you and, and because I wrote so many different mythologies if you are more into Arthurian myth, if you're into like Celtic stuff if you want fae stuff if you want vampire stuff you can jump straight to Bloodlight Chronicles
2: Basically, after
0: the so third after the everybody. third book
2: there's uh-huh. something for everybody on the mythology scale when it comes yes. to there's there's sources here for everybody, but yeah uh, y'all. I'm I'm very excited for this book to come out. I just want everyone to know this. I have technically read it. I still but like I have a cool. rule. I have a rule. I have not read it and now I am pumped. Right.
1: I <laughs> I a Again, if you want to slide an arc into my DMs, my DMs are always <laughs> open. Whoever's listening to this now.
2: My DMs. Are,
1: are, you, are you on NetGalley? Because I think you could still
0: probably request it on NetGalley if you want a copy, okay.
2: Alyssa. Oh. If not, you can you can borrow the one I have on my Kindle. Perfect. Because I pre-ordered a hard copy anyway. Because I have a strict rule where if I like it a lot and I've read an ebook version, I have to turn. Yeah. It, and I up.
0: think I think the um, the cover it, it doesn't really portray how dark the book is. Um, it's a beautiful color it's a,
1: it's a beautiful i need darker in my life so like it I is, it love- is, okay so
0: so to put it in perspective in the pro- prologue the prologue actually starts with blood magic the book the epic i mean chapter one starts with um the god of the dead
2: yeah finished death god
0: a finished death god turns up the After The one. second chapter, the second chapter of Firebird is born. The third chapter, Dark Magician, turns up to kill them all. Like yep. it is, it is a dark book, and it was relentlessly dark.
1: It's so, Russian too, so like obviously it's dark. Or Russian,
0: yeah. So it's Russian, <laughs> Russian and Finnish myths predominantly. There's a lot of other myth that kind of comes into it, but it is predominantly Russian, Russian and Finnish. Um, okay. Especially the third book is is Finnish.
1: Um, but thank um, you so much, Amy, for joining thank us. You, um, thank you
0: for having me. It's been really, really great. As I said, this is probably the most I've talked to anyone since July. So.
2: <laughs> I feel like I have made a very elite, uh, a very elite list. So we are all now getting <laughs> matching tattoos,
1: and 2 yeah. we're coming to visit you whenever we are allowed to, um, based on travel bans with you know COVID and health. Um, but we are excited for the Firebird series. I I I mean I know Molly got the arc but like I'm pumped um for October 14th for it to come out and we will remind our audiences that listen um and watch all of Molly's uh posts because you know we are all <laughs> I'm piggybacking off of her success. Uh, <laughs> so interesting that Molly posts will remind them uh for this amazing new series for very, us all to get wrapped up. Very, in. very
2: Awkward, bizarre individual and people are gonna figure love that it. out one day and be you like, the fuck did we, we love you for it? But we love you for it. You're gonna love, love you it. for it. All right, oh. Malls and
1: JV, what are we talking about next week on our episode?
2: Oh, uh, we're talking about the only thing on God's green earth that I'm here to talk about, which is book daddies part one. Woo. Part one.
1: Part one. and um, so oh. if you have any book daddies you want us to talk about, please send them in. Um, our DMs are open as always uh, comment rate review all of the things and let us know which book daddy you want us to talk about because we will talk about many in part one and part two possibly part three you never know I think
0: I think you need a pod that's just on Hades
2: oh no 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 Hades is its own episode baby definitely right.